0: Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mack, where you get a real doc
1: with straight talk for the whole you. It's here in the House Call community where we have created an inviting space for you to hear individuals' health stories, gain healthcare providers and other experts' perspectives. It is our mission that with the knowledge you gain here, you will be able to connect your own health dots see a complete picture of yourself, and begin to experience whole person care. So, let's sit down. Let's get started. Let's have some conversations. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk.
0: Welcome back, House Call community. Um, We are here launching a series that has been in the making for a while. Wouldn't you say?
2: Good.
0: I mean, theoretically, in thought process.
2: This is definitely one of those times with the husband, I better say yes. Because I'm supposed to know. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> okay. Remind maybe, me. Remind me. Remind I've me. Maybe I've been having this conversation in my head, and that's very possible. I think so. So I've been toying with the thought process of how trauma affects our lives, how it affects not just our lives in terms of how we interact with people or the way that we react to situations, but our physiological processes. And...
2: No, you've been talking about it, but in terms of it being a series and a complete thought,
0: no. No. Okay, so... So, so fill me in. All right. So, (laughs) I've been toying with this idea. I've gotten some... I've gotten some leads from some of our house call community. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying, you know, there's something here. Just wasn't sure how to pull it together, Mm -hmm. but I knew that there was something that was there. And when I say something there, that there was a conversation that needed to be started from the medical side, Mm. not just from the social side in terms of the social sciences, but also from the biological sciences. And where the two come together. Mm-hmm. And it has finally come together.
2: Well, I'm smiling because after this conversation, truly. Yes. It's all come together. Yes.
0: And there's so yeah. much more to come of it. Oh, yeah. and Y'all didn't even
2: scratch the surface. No.
0: No. We, we really just, huh, we just basically announced.
2: you right. That You're there's right. something there. So you should be aware.
0: Right. Community, yeah. you you should be aware. Here's something that you need to start conversations about.
2: Yes, definitely.
0: And so we're going to explore healing and trauma mm-hmm. and health as we go forward in the House Call community. We're going to be continuing this series, and you'll hear about it and how it's going to develop and how it's going to blossom even more with mm-hmm. partnerships and things like that. So um, let's talk about who we talked with uh, this t- today in the House Call community. So we had the privilege of having Dr. Howard Stevenson. He is the executive director of the Racial Empowerment Collaborative and a professor in the Graduate School of Education at the University of Pennsylvania. We also had Rhonda Bryant, who is a Ph.D. candidate, um, who is also the CEO of the Mariah Group in Huntsville, Alabama, and they both have a collaboration with the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, Mm -hmm. and there is an initiative called the Forward Promise Initiative that is being launched on the day after this episode is being aired, March 22nd in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And we talked about the Forward Promise Initiative and how it ties into trauma and healing and our bodies.
2: This is a really good episode. It was a
0: very good episode, and they were so clear mm-hmm. in the thought process and how this has come together, and how we as a community can be involved. Mm-hmm on an individual basis even and that's where our partnerships and our initiatives are going to blossom and grow and so house call community be on the listen for our initiatives with um, the robert wood johnson foundation along with the mariah group forward promise initiative all of those and the house call community so i want you guys to get out your pens and paper be it electronic or old-fashioned notebook Let's sit down. Let's get started. Let's have some conversations. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Hey, House Call community, and welcome back. Well, I'm so excited to be here today. You know, we like to tackle topics sometimes that are outside of the box. And this is one of those times. We are starting our series on trauma and healing, and I thought no better way than to kick it off than with the two guests that have so graciously consented to sit down in the House Call community today. We have Mrs. Rhonda Bryant and Dr. Howard Stevenson to sit down in the community. Welcome to the community, both of you today.
2: Thank you, glad, I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much.
0: So, We are doing a series on trauma and healing, and like I said, this is one of our outside-of-the-box episodes um, or topics, and the reason I say that is because... When people will sit down and listen to this episode, it's not just straight biology and physiology in terms of there's a particular medical condition that we're talking about and giving the background to it or listening to an individual story. But we're looking at your expert perspective on how trauma affects a community and how what we're going to talk about today is the initiative that your organizations are going to be launching in conjunction with the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And so um, either one of you can jump in and and let's just jump right into this conversation. We're going to talk about the Forward Promise Initiative. What is the Forward Promise Initiative?
2: Well, um, the Forward Promise Initiative is a um, program that started about four uh, years ago uh, under um, the support of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation uh, and under the leadership of Maisha Simmons, the program officer, to try and address the uh, health issues affecting boys and young men of color across the country. Uh, within the last uh, year or so, the, the uh, foundation has decided that these issues were important enough to develop a national program office, and that is currently uh, what we are considering the the, um, the current port. Forward program Promise Initiative, where we're targeting these same issues, which will be a national program, and we're particularly focusing on trauma and healing for not only the boys and young men of color, but for the families and the relationships that surround them.
0: Wow, that is aw- that is great. And that's such a big that's such a big undertaking. Um, you know, I've heard of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, and I, I want to take a step back probably just a little bit here. I'm not sure if everybody knows, you know, I know people have heard it. I've heard it even on our um, public radio station. when They'll talk about a segment and was sponsored by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. But um, could you let us uh, give us just a little bit of... Robert Wood Johnson Foundation's mission is to create a culture of health. You know, could you help us to understand what does that mean? And, and how? Yeah, what does that mean? Let's start there.
1: So RWJF's work around creating a culture of health is really focused on these four big action areas um, that they developed. The first is really around the idea of making health a shared value. Mm. So everybody believing that we are all worthy of having health
0: and Mm -hmm. we are all
1: worthy um, no matter where you live no matter what your race or ethnicity is that we're all worthy of having healthy lives Mm
0: -hmm. the second
1: big area is really around this issue of cross-sector collaboration to think about health so you know when when we talk about health a lot of times people first think doctors hospitals etc but RWJF's work is really stating that health is everything it's about the community that you live in. It's about the people that you interact with. It's about the schools that you attend and how you're treated in those schools. Uh, you know, it's certainly about your healthy eating as well. And so we can't really get to a place of optimal health unless all of these systems are working together. So unless your family supports are in place, as well as your educational environment, as well as what your community looks like, all of it has to work in concert I think the third big area is thinking about creating healthier, more equitable communities. Mm. So we all know um, there's so much research out there about how communities differ in terms of their um, ability to create healthiness for folks. Mm-hmm. You know, your zip code matters in terms of your lifespan. We've you know, certainly heard that um, as we look at our various communities. Mm-hmm. And so RWJS has this particular focus on wanting to look at low income communities, communities of color, um, communities of concentrated poverty, and what are the things that we can change in those communities in order to ensure that everyone has access to health. And then the fourth area is strengthening the integration of health services and systems. And so ensuring that those systems are working in concert with each other, and that healthcare providers can work with institutional partners to really understand the full scope of a person's life and not just what's happening in terms of that one health issue that they're facing at that time. So RWJF really has focused on building this culture of health and then has said, we know that there's a particular need for boys and young men of color because their health outcomes generally are um, disproportionately out of skew with what's happening nationally, Um, you know, and so, Despite all of our best efforts, boys and young men of color are still suffering, and we need to really begin to identify why that is and to put efforts in place that are addressing not just the young men themselves, but addressing the community that's around them, because there are things in their external environment that are impacting their health that may be out of their control, but that are in the control of, of um, decision makers.
0: Wow, that is whoa! That is awesome, and and going back to now, this initiative that ties into all of that—you you specifically started talking about boys and young men of color. Why did you? Why did the initiative Forward Promise Initiative decide on that particular demographic?
2: Well, um, partly, if you look at the, the research on. On children in general, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of research to support how going through difficult times, adverse consequences, living in difficult, violent, rough neighborhoods, uh, issues of poverty, impact the kinds of choices that young people have to, to navigate the world and to be successful, whether that's in school, in the workplace, and both boys and men are struggling with that, as well as their families. But um, as research has developed, we know now that uh, not all children are treated equally. Mm-hmm. We know that because of racism, mm-hmm. because of implicit bias, whether people are conscious or unconscious of it, discrimination uh, has plays a big role in who we see as having potential, who we see as having um, uh, or deserving of our best talents. Mm-hmm. Um, and it so happens that boys and young men of color have a different road to travel than their, their peers because of the way the people perceive their abilities and perceive their capacities. And mm. if you think of what's going on on a daily basis, that's mm-hmm. one issue of understanding oppression. Um, but another is historical oppression and understanding that the cumulative effects over uh, decades and centuries still play a role in how we perceive and how these boys and young men and their families navigate the world.
0: Mm -hmm. And so what it seems like I hear you all both are saying is that the way that they have to navigate the world, the way that um, their community—you know—just living every day in the communities that they're um, they're a part of, this affects their health. This will actually have an impact on the physiological processes that occur in a person's body. Is is this what I'm hearing? Can I can I gather that conclusion? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And so, well,
1: think about. Go ahead, communities, go ahead. Um, you know, communities of of high poverty, for example, and issues like violence. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of research out there that looks um, both at early childhood as well as the teenage years, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how exposure to violence and traumatic experiences impacts their brain development. Yes, yes. And then there's a lot of research well, uh, as well around um, this whole notion of adverse childhood experiences yes, yes. and how the, the cumulative nature of all of these experiences also impacts their physiological health.
0: Yes, I'm so glad you said that. I was listening to Dr. I think it's Nadine Burke uh, that had a TED talk on Mm -hmm. the ACE scores and these adverse um, outcomes and how they can predict, literally predict some of our medical, our chronic medical illnesses based on a childhood um, trauma or childhood event, an adverse childhood event where they can say that a person will be more likely to have lung cancer that's not associated with smoking. A person more likely to have diabetes or heart disease because of these adverse outcomes or adverse events that they've had in their life as a child and how she's going back and literally going and digging through a person's history and not necessarily their medical history, like in the terms of the way that we would think as a physician, you know, we go, oh, what's, Mm -hmm. you know, does your family have a history of hypertension, diabetes? No. Did your mother suffer from depression? You know, did your mother suffer from postpartum depression? or did your parents, were your parents divorced? You know, what was your community like? Did you grow up in a stable environment or what we would consider stable? Those really do impact physiological processes that will impact a person's health, which will impact, have an economic impact on our communities later down the line. Can I draw all of those conclusions safely?
2: Oh, yes, absolutely. And and, and in a sense, uh, that research is growing left and right. But you can even go even farther if we if we think about for boys, young men of color and their families, there's data now to support that not only adverse um, uh, consequences matter, but the racialized aspects of those consequences. So if you think about um, we know now that the ways in which discrimination and perceived discrimination uh, affect uh, young people on a day to day basis is that it creates an enormous amount of stress.
0: And mm-hmm. that stress
2: indirectly mm-hmm. affects the kind of physiological outcomes you've been describing, mm-hmm. so there's research you know so now when we talk about issues of adverse consequences, we want the world and we want the organizations that we support to also consider how um, being different also brings about uh, unique uh, consequences, um, for example, um, if racial racial stress has been tied to physiological outcomes. Um, related to sleep. Mm-hmm. And now when we go to places, we suggest, you know, if you, if you knew that an understanding racial and, a, and being different in the world and the stress that, that comes could affect your child's sleep over the next 10 years, would you then talk about it, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. issue of, of racial stress related to, to breast cancer in black mm-hmm. women is another set of studies that help us to understand that these issues are uniquely um, in need of attention.
0: Wow. Oh, my goodness. This is really good. And and I hope that as our community listens, you know, I always tell them, you know, guys, you all know, I tell you, grab your notebooks, be them electronic or old-fashioned pen and paper, and they're going to go back through this conversation and grab all of these nuggets and be able to start understanding. I know that, Rhonda, your particular organization, the Mariah Group, you really deal with I think it is communities. How communities um, focus on these type of disparities is, is, can I say that in a kind of a snapshot of a sense, um, if that if I can say it that way. Mm-hmm. And then there is another. Um, there are other entities like Dr. Dr. Stevenson. You focus on the educational piece, such as educators and dealing with educators, how they can start um, understanding and recognizing how this impacts their classrooms. Can I say that in a quick snapshot? Could I could I say it that way?
2: Yes, but we're also including uh, police and counselors mm. and um, anyone who's working with young people in face to face encounters. Yes. Yeah.
0: Wow. Okay. And so the Forward Promise Initiative. I, I. What would. What is. What do you plan to accomplish with this initiative? I know that there's probably multiple different um, data points or different outcomes, but is there one big? Um, is there is there one big piece that you would like to accomplish, or there are there a couple of little different um, areas that you want to, to kind of touch on at one then you hope to bring about a big change? Can you tell us, what do you plan to accomplish with the Forward Pro- Pro- forward Promise Initiative? Um,
2: um, Wanda, do you want to or shall I start?
0: I'll, I can start. So, okay. you know, I think
1: overall, our, our hope is that we will be impactful, obviously, with the health and well-being of boys and young of color. And we're approaching that from a number of different ways. So Forward Promise is a grant-making program office. So we will be administering grants with community-based organizations, as well as systems that may be interested in applying, um, with the hope that we would be able to increase their capacity to work more effectively with boys and young men of color to take a more trauma-informed approach in the way that they work with young men, and also to be able to train young men to understand their um, issues of trauma and to cope more effectively. Um, Our tagline for the work, if you will, is Heal, Grow, Thrive. And so those are the three stages of the work. So approaching the issue of healing, um, then the issue of growth and creating safe spaces for young men to be able to grow, and then thriving for them to be able to um, become advocates for, for themselves and for their communities such that other young men will not have to go through the same trauma. Mm. So we'll be doing grant making work. We will also be doing leadership development work mm-hmm. um, where we hope to identify young leaders who are really interested and in already doing some work around trauma and healing and helping them to cultivate their work over time. Um, we also are interested beyond just the grants that we administer and really providing a level of information um, to the public and to other philanthropic organizations, other community-based organizations. So, you know, rolling out many, many activities mm. um, to enable folk to get more information okay. that our program office will be able to
0: provide. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. Stevenson, do you need, do you would like yes. to add anything? Go right ahead. Um, yeah. I mean, I,
2: I think another angle is, you know, the concerns that a lot of organizations have around narratives of Mm. boys and young men that are negative. And narrative change is a very important aspect. And we think one way that we could have an impact is to help organizations use the right measurement and metrics to include the different life experiences that boys and young men of color go through when they're trying to evaluate whether their programs are working or not. So one way of addressing narrative change is to broaden the, the, the um, type of measures that they use to see what are these boys going through in terms of their strengths as much as their weaknesses
0: awesome now um, just hitting here you know talking very briefly with you all it seems as if um, like you said you have grant writing opportunities that you'll be working with organizations as well as upcoming thought leaders or leaders um, to be able to get these initi- this initiative accomplished and to be able to change the narrative as well as how we can help the individual themselves to understand what about your reg just you know a person you know like our community people that are listening to this podcast and they were like, well, how can, how can I help? How can I make a difference? You know, I don't, I don't necessarily want to make, you know, write a grant or um, I, I'm not part of an organization. But it's just me sitting in, you know, listening with with my um, podcast right now. But this is really mm-hmm. striking a chord with me. It's resonating with me. So, how can our average, you know, person that's listening, somebody in our community, how can they become a part of this or feel as if they're making a difference and and helping with this initiative?
2: I think that's a wonderful question, Keisha. and I really, um, if you think about um, the kinds of challenges that um, boys and men are facing including the families the relationships that they're connected to deal with are what happens in very face-to-face moments like when you only Mm -hmm. have a couple of minutes to make a decision and we're really going to be um, pushing this notion of storytelling as a very important mechanism and strategy um, for young people and older folks to tell their stories about how they navigated Mm -hmm. difficulty And how they rose above it. It's amazing what young people do when they hear the stories coming from family, from loved ones, about how they not only did well, but also how they struggled and vice versa. It can be quite healing uh, in in the power of a story when communities and community members, um, you know, give a different sort of narrative about who they are and what their potential
0: is. Wow, I like that. I think that just sparked an idea for us here where we're going to probably take that challenge on for you and have people to tell their Mm. stories in our community and link it back to this conversation and part of this um, particular series because I too believe that it is in the power of storytelling and that is why that is what we do here in the community we have individuals to come in and tell their stories or share their stories their medical stories and then we have healthcare providers and other experts come in and give their opinions and it is in the hope that as as our community listens, they're able to connect their own health dots, see a complete picture of themselves, and make better health choices. And I, I think, I, my producer shaking his head, it's like, yes, yes, yes. I believe we're going to take that challenge on ourselves and start <laughs> creating this series of telling your stories and and begin the healing um, through telling our stories. I, I love that. I love that. But I am I'm looking at our time and. I am. Um, I want to continue this conversation. This is a wonderful conversation. Um, we're going to put all of the social media connections. Um, Rhonda, like you said, you were going to um, be able to share that with us. We'll have them on our website under the copy of this particular episode. Um, but before we leave, we would like for the two of you to leave our community with a tip of the day. It can be on the topic we're talking about now or anything that's on your heart, but if you would both leave us with a tip of the day, we would be honored.
1: Wow. You know, there's a quote that um, I heard when I was in high school that has stuck with me all these many, many years later. And it was, the learned may be forgotten, but the memories are engraved. Mm. And, you know, as we think about this work related to trauma, you know, we all have positive memories and negative memories Mm -hmm. that happen in our lives. And, you know, I really encourage people to take good care of themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, when there are negative memories that are engraved and that are impacting you, um, find ways and resources to take care of those negative memories or those traumas, if you will, um, that allow you to really get on a path of healing and a path of thriving. Um, Because then when you are your best self, then you can be of service to your community, to
0: your family, and others. Yes, yes. I love that. Dr. Stevenson? Um,
2: oh, and okay. fitting with what Rhonda said, um, at the Racial Empowerment Collaborative at pen we use is proverb, the lion's story will never be known as long as the hunter is the one to tell it. Mm. And part of that is meant, it's an African proverb, but it states that in some respects, if you want to look at the real impact of trauma, it's secrecy. And that we need to be telling, talking about the struggles that we've been going through and get so much support. Because because right around us, in our own relationships, are some of the best healing options that we have available. And it's nobody else's fault if we don't tell our own stories or we let other people tell stories about us. Mm
0: -hmm. So
2: uh, that would be my tip for the day.
0: Wow. Thank you both. I'm so honored to have such giants in this in this collaborative to talk with us today in our community. I really appreciate it. And we are so excited that we're going to be able to go to the Forward Promise launch. That's not going to be far from us here in Philadelphia. And um, so we're going to have this on our, on our site. We're going to have this on all of our social media platforms. And I know that, community, you all are going to get so many nuggets out of this conversation. Remember to pull out those notebooks and give us some feedback and let us know your story. We're going to start a series on telling your story of how you've navigated difficult times, and that is going to help someone else. So until next time, we'll see you guys back here. Bye now.